This is Marla Moore, and you're listening to the Euchre Media Podcast. Hello, Euchre Media family. Vladimir Prognevsky here, and welcome to episode number 79 of the Euchre Media Podcast, where I serve Euchre Media family with daily, that's right, daily interviews from highly creative people. And today's guest is Marla Moore. She's an art director and designer by trade, a self-taught letterer by night, and an adventurer at heart who loves movie quotes, dogs, unabashedly friendly people, and being out. After spending time in studio in Seattle and in-house in multiple major tech companies, she's now working as the brand strategy director at Buck in Los Angeles and spends her free time exploring LA, working on her house and relaxing with her partner and her dog. And by the way, Marla's partner is Casey Latchley. You might remember Casey from episode number 63. Casey is also a very talented art director at Buck. You can listen to his interview at euchromedia.com 63. And before I play my interview with Marla Moore, I want to take a second to thank our sponsor, ActionVFX.com. They have over 2,500 elements of professionally shot VFX stock footage captured on the latest RED cameras from Explore Explosions, fire, water, smoke, gun effects, debris, particles, weather, blood, and gore, they have your assets covered. Save on render time with real elements, no more simulation. Go to actionvfx.com. Again, go to actionvfx.com. And now, here's my conversation with Marla Moore. Enjoy. Marla, welcome to the show and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, something that most people don't know, people usually seem surprised when I reveal that I didn't start drinking until I was 28. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Not a drop until 28 years old. Interesting. So is this something that you just plan to do or it just happened that way? No, it's uh, to be perfectly honest, I just never wanted to. And I know that seems kind of bizarre especially considering I lived in Germany for part of my college <laughs> career. <laughs> um, wow. But I just, I just never, never had a, a want to. And then right about 28 years old, I was like, you know what? I think I would like to try wine. And uh, I, <laughs> I was dating Casey at the time and he was like, oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I'm still <laughs> dating Casey, but he was like, what do you mean you want to have some wine? So he was just kind of shell-shocked because he knew when we started dating that I just didn't drink. So uh, yeah, just out of, out of the blue, wanted to try it. <laughs> That's interesting. Now, how's that working out for you? Are you still drinking wine or you just, this was the first and last time that you tried it? Oh, no, no. I, I now, uh, I, I like to think of myself as a very responsible drinker, but I also have uh, <laughs> experienced friends who can recommend all the best things and can also ah, tell me what to steer clear of. So I've had like a like kind of the inside <laughs> pro tips my entire drinking career. So that's helped me, I think, quite a bit. Sounds good. Now, Marla, let's transition to, to your journey. How did you get started in your creative field? Well, believe it or not, my mom kind of pegged me for the creative artistic field when I was three years old. <laughs> um, she wow. started me off in art lessons because one of my preschool teachers had everybody draw some sort of circus character, and I drew a clown. And she brought the, uh, brought the piece to my mom and was like, okay, you, you need to get this one in art lessons. She has a love for it. And so ever since I was three years old, I've always been artistically inclined, but it wasn't until I was in high school that I kind of heard about this thing called Adobe Photoshop. I started playing around like on the yearbook stuff and it quickly turned into a love of graphic design. So that's what I went into college to do and it's what I came out with. 
That's cool that your mom kind of started off for you, and today is Mother's Day. So out of all, I know, perfect. <laughs> what a perfect right? time to mention, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Now let's transition to a uh, dark moment in your life. I want you to tell us the story of the worst moment in your creative journey. So Marla, take it away. <laughs> Oof. The worst moment. I mean, you know, as, as I'm sure you're aware, everybody has their ups and downs. But I think oh, yeah. probably one of my biggest downs was just over a year ago, I had been um, on a great, like an amazing team of art directors um, at a major tech company. I was making great work. I loved it. I loved the vibe. Uh, had a wonderful boss. And then as is uh, inclined to happen at a tech company, there was a major reorg and my entire team was scattered to the wind. Um, we Ouch. all wound up in different places. I wound up being assigned to a team that the that actually wasn't a design team. And the woman who became my boss actually told me, she was nice as anything, but she told me um, she didn't actually know what an art director was. <laughs> and and that was my role at the time and i was like oh no i'm i'm working on a team that doesn't know what i do and doesn't know Ouch. how to leverage my skills and i i stuck it out for another 6 to 8 weeks trying to see how i could insert myself and try to make something of that role in that team but it just ultimately didn't work out for me and right around that time casey and i had decided to move to LA. And since I had nothing holding me back from leaving that role, I was like, all right, I guess I'm just going to take the plunge and jump into freelance in Los Angeles. And uh, it, it worked out. You know, a couple months later, I wound up freelancing at Buck and now I'm there full nice. time. So that's a great company to work for. Wow. Yeah. I guess uh, my, my worst moment sort of led to some of my best times. So I'll take it. What was your big takeaway from that experience? I think my big takeaway was just how important it is to be working with people who know what you do, who understand you, people you're comfortable with and that you can learn from. And I think that's something that I really need in a role. I need to have somebody that I can learn from, whether it's learning from someone in a creative capacity, learning how to better myself in a corporate environment. One of those different things has to be there. And in that particular situation, I kind of already knew that tech environment. And since my, you know, my new boss that I had been assigned to couldn't help fuel me creatively, I had to find it somewhere else. Mm. Now let's shift gears and talk about your best moment in your creative journey. Oh man, I think that one's way tougher. Um, <laughs> to I mean, honestly, there's there's so many little things. I don't know if I could point to like the quintessential best moment of my career, but I think one of the most impactful moments of my career actually came when I was working as a designer um, at a small branding agency called Tether in Seattle. One of the creative directors there during my during my lunch hour, I was kind of doodling on a, a Starbucks cup, one of the white Starbucks cups. Um, and I, I, you know how you have that moment when you realize someone's watching you. And I kind of turned around and my creative director, Steve, was over my shoulder and he was like, you know, you should keep doing that. And I was like, what? And uh, it had been my start at like trying to learn how to letter. 
because I didn't learn lettering in college or high school or anything. I, I kind of taught myself and it started on Starbucks oh, wow. cups. And so his, wow. his one little comment of encouragement kind of gave me that fuel to keep practicing. And that's wow. why I letter so much today. So I, I owe a lot to Steve Barrett giving me a compliment there. So. And it's never too late to start. And your work is beautiful. I was looking at your Instagram account, and you you, you have a large you. large following too. And uh, wow, it started <laughs> from a from a Starbucks cup. Of coffee. It started from a Starbucks cup. I don't know about a large following, but it's it's definitely cool to have people to actually engage with on there because I I really do enjoy putting stuff up. I don't post as much as I used to, for sure. I'm definitely way busier nowadays than I used to be. But I still try to remember to post every once in a while because you got to keep yourself accountable and you got to keep yourself practicing. So Instagram is kind of the place that I put that stuff there. (laughs) No, sounds good. Now, Marla, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor and we'll be right back with more questions. This episode is brought to you by our friends from ActionVFX.com. They provide the best stock footage elements for professional visual effects from explosions, fire and smoke, muzzle flashes and bullet shells and gun effects to debris and particles. They have your assets covered. Available in 4K, 100% royalty free. They also have over 250 free VFX elements for you to download. Stuff like free fire sound effects, spell hits, bullet shells, blood mist, bullet hole textures, dust waves, water sound effects, explosion sound, and and the list goes on and on. If that's not enough, then check out their tutorials and blogs. ActionVFX.com is a great online resource. Save on render time with real elements, no more simulations. Go to ActionVFX.com. Again, go to ActionVFX.com. And now back to the interview. All right, Marlo, we're back from the break. I have like a total of six questions for you. And the first question is, how do you overcome creative blocks? Honestly, my the the best thing for me to overcome creative blocks is going on a walk. I know some people look at inspiration or listen to music, but for me it's about getting away from a screen entirely, being more present in the world around you, and then, you know, a quick breath of fresh air outside never hurts. So, a little walk usually gets me back to where I need to be. And for me, it's like, I know some other people, somebody mentioned actually last week that taking a shower is is something that relaxes them and they totally just get all these ideas in the shower. They actually have like a little waterproof or uh, I guess one of those like notepads that you can stick in the shower and you can take notes and stuff for creative ideas. So that's another good one. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, if you could give one piece of advice to aspiring designers or motion designers, what would it be? Honestly, do not be afraid to share your work. I know that the fear of comparison and the fear of being good enough is a huge factor in the creative industry. And I mean, the the biggest thing that I can say is like, I still experience imposter syndrome every single day. I mean, working at, oh yeah, working at Buck, there are literally artists from around the world and the caliber is just insane of the talent there and I'll literally see things on people's screens that they're working on I'm like oh my gosh how (laughs) did I ever get here these people are out of this world good and you just have you just have to remind yourself like you've put in the work you've put in the time you just have to keep bettering yourself and you deserve to be there so for the people just starting out don't be afraid to share it everybody's got to start somewhere and if you share that stuff that's how people can see what you're capable of and help you grow. So just 
just share. No, for sure. And that's kind of how I found Casey through him sharing his work. And I found him, his work on Instagram and led to his interview, then your interview. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. You never know Opens who might doors. see it. Yeah. For sure. Now, how do you balance work and personal life? Oh man, as, as best I can. <laughs> that's, uh, that's always like a really tricky one, you know, because uh, mm. not only does, you know, work sometimes lead to after hours for your day job, but then almost every creative I know also has like their little passion projects that they like to do at home. But all of that creativity can be draining. So I think what I, I endeavor to do is I have my Australian Shepherd Hendrix. I take oh, him on walks. I, I explore <laughs> Los Angeles as much as I can. And then um, for me, one of the biggest rejuvenators is travel. As frequently as I can, I try to get out and get away and experience new places. What's your favorite country to go to? Put you on the oh, spot. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I've been to quite a few, but I think my favorite, honestly, just because I lived there for so long, I loved Germany. I loved, awesome. I loved the culture there. It was beautiful. The people were so honest and so kind. And just it just felt like a very open atmosphere. So I would definitely go back to Germany in a heartbeat. I hear that their streets are perfect. Everything is like perfection. If you look it up in a dictionary, Germany would be right there. From what I hear. Oh, I, I could see that. Although I actually lived in Regensburg which is still like cobblestone streets. <laughs> so oh, it was it was a little bit uneven, but it also had kind of this beautiful unte- untouched sense, you know, like it, it still had all of these beautiful artifacts from centuries ago. So it was Do you awesome. speak German? I do not. And, and when I wow. went to study abroad there, I had taken years of Spanish. So I, <laughs> I like was not set up at all to live in Germany. And my German teacher while I was there used to make fun of me because I was taking <laughs> introductory German and he told me I spoke it with a Spanish accent, which was like, <laughs> That's I don't, I don't understand how this happened, but yeah, I made it through. I stumbled through. So what was it like living in Germany, not speaking uh, German? I'm assuming a lot of people speak English there, right? Most everyone speaks English. I mean, it's it's awesome that in Germany you're required to take like two to three languages. So almost everybody speaks English there. But every once in a while I would come across people who didn't. Um, so it usually, you know, involved a lot of nonverbal gestures. But after living there for half a year, I actually, in my last week there, I was walking around by myself and like trying to find like a T-shirt, you know, the memorabilia t-shirt of the city that I had lived in for six months. And I went in and I found one and this older woman didn't speak English, but she was trying to give me washing instructions. And I actually understood her, what she was saying to me. And I barely managed to convey like, I can't speak it, but I I understand what you're saying. And, you know, it, it happened. The communication happened, but only barely. So... You know, it's interesting because I moved to the States when I was 12 years old and English is technically is my uh, fourth language and in learning different languages, you always, yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's just where I lived. It just, you just happened to learn all these different, it it was just basically because of the geographic location where I was at. So it's, it's nothing impressive, but anyway, but it's interesting that you first understand the language, then you learn to speak it. So you were almost there. You, you, you were experiencing that first step you know, understanding the language. And then shortly after, if you live there long enough, you probably 
Sprechen the Deutsch. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, I, I I wish that that immersion is something that I wish I could do again, just to like it, even to just to get me there with Spanish because I do understand quite a bit of Spanish, but I always end up having trouble grammatically as far as answering. I know I'm probably using like the wrong wrong subjunctive and things like that, so I know it doesn't sound great, but I can usually <laughs> carry a pretty basic conversation in Spanish. No, in grammatical stuff, I mean, to this day, I struggle with English stuff. And that's probably that's probably why I started the podcast is because it forces me to speak more. But it, it is interesting because as a child, you learn quicker because you don't worry about the grammatical stuff so mm-hmm. much. As an adult, you overthink it. That fear of saying it wrong kind of holds adults back. That's my theory on why adults don't learn it as fast. Oh, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's that trepidation that keeps people yeah. from just going for it. And by the way, your English is awesome. So Thank you. this podcast is definitely working for you. Yes, I'm going to keep it <laughs> <laughs> Now, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Curious to hear your response on this one. You know, believe it or not, as crazy as it sounds, dolphin trainer and that's not just it's not just because like dolphins, I wouldn't say dolphins are my favorite animal by a long shot, but I actually used to work with this lovely woman, Kim, and she had actually worked with animals and she always spoke about how she loved the dolphins she used to work with. And I just think it's so cool that they're such intelligent animals and being able to communicate with them on some level just sounds fascinating to me. So it would definitely be something I'd like to try. I have zero qualifications <laughs> for that, but it would definitely be fun, you know? Interesting career choice. Now, share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. Personal habits that contribute to my success? Um, I, think, I think there are a couple, honestly, that I attribute to having helped me through the years. The first, the foremost being always pushing myself to look for the next step and the next path. Like the moment you're a little bit too comfortable, I think you start to rest on your laurels a little bit too much. So (laughs) if you push yourself, yeah, it's it's dangerous. You don't want to stagnate somewhere. So push yourself to look for what can you be excelling at next? What can you be driving for next? And then the other thing, honestly, is just be kind. Because you never know who might be able to help you, how an interaction with someone can lead to something down the road. So even if somebody isn't quite driving with you, if you attempt at least to be kind, it could become something truly beneficial for both of you later. Kindness goes a long way. And that's something, you know, when I moved to the United States, that was like my first impression of Americans. I remember we had strangers show up to our house with dishes like that they made, like their favorite food all the traditional stuff that they eat in the United States. And I remember every night people brought us stuff, just random people. They don't know us, no strings attached unconditionally. And I just, to this day, like it, it left like a huge mark in my heart. Like, wow, these people are so generous. Like I have nothing to give to them, but they're just gave us all this stuff for nothing. And uh, yeah, kindness. And I remember my oh, parents were even so like- heartwarming. <laughs> yeah, they were like to the point of tears. Like I remember mom, you know, growing up in Ukraine, we didn't have a washer and a dryer. And someone like donated like a washer and dryer. When we first moved to the United States, now we didn't have anything. And and I remember like mom, like to the point of tears, just wa- looking at the washer and dryer and uh, like, wow, she she doesn't didn't have to do laundry by hand anymore, you know? And so Aww. kindness, I'm telling you, something that for someone, you know, this old used uh, washer and dryer for them, it was just something extra they wanted to throw away. But they brought it to us and it's something that, you know, 
left a huge mark on my, my parents' heart. So anyway. That's so great. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear it. <laughs> now, recommend an internet resource that you find helpful in your work or personal life. Okay, I hope you don't laugh at me here, but <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say Pinterest. And I love Pinterest. <laughs> I actually use it quite a bit both for work and personal. Anytime I'm collaborating with another artist, a client, I'll ask them to sort of put together the things that they're gravitating toward in a board that we can share. And then uh, on a personal level, I've actually used it a lot lately because we just bought a house in Los Angeles and we've been doing, thank you. And we've been doing a lot of, you know, DIY home renovations. And I have a a little home board that I've been putting all of these different inspiration picks on. And that's kind of what's helped drive us to uh, keep working on it and keep updating it. And we're almost there. It's interesting. My next question was going to be, where do you get your inspiration from? But uh, I'm afraid that you kind of answered that one. Is there any, any other outlets or like YouTube channels or any other resources that you follow? Or I guess artists that you follow and get inspiration from? Oh, man. I have a ton of artists that I follow. I actually use Instagram quite a bit in that way so that I can oh, really? quick. Oh, yeah. So that I can quickly find and follow people. But there are just so many. I mean, a lot of the people that I'd actually followed prior to working at Buck are people who now that I work with that are there. Um, How cool so any, is that? Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's insane. <laughs> Dang, but like that's awesome. all, all sorts of letterers, illustrators, designers. The, I mean, I even follow some sculptors, potters, tortoise on Instagram. He's amazing. Like, there's just so many different people that – the stuff they're making in one way or another is inspirational for me. So I love all following all kinds of artists on Instagram. What was it like to, well, I guess like your first day at work and uh, you're seeing all these people that you followed for a long time. Like, what was that like? Oh man. Well, it was like, uh, Casey and I actually talked about it quite a bit because he had followed even more of them than me, given that he's more traditionally in the motion industry. I'm actually not in like a traditional animator or motion designer. I'm, you know, from the 2D design world. So I, but I had followed these artists because their work is just beautiful. So he and I were talking about how it's like, you know, a little bit of shell shock when you, when you find (laughs) someone like, you know, Amelia Giller from Get It Girl. And you're like, oh, you work here? You know, it's just, <laughs> it's so just cool. so cool. Um, but yeah, you know, you quickly realize like, these are awesome people and they're more than happy to talk to you. And now I consider them friends. So it's, you know, you just got to be open and kind and hope for the best. That's awesome. Now, last question. How can people get in touch with you? They can get in touch with me two ways. I have my email on my website, marlamakestuff.com, or they can look me up on Instagram also at marlamakestuff. And I try to be good about answering direct messages. So one of those two ways. Awesome. Well, Marla, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a treat. All right. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Marla Moore. Marla, thank you so much for your time. Enjoyed chatting with you. Make sure to check out MarlaMakesStuff.com. Again, MarlaMakesStuff.com. And as always, all the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at UcorMedia.com slash 79. And make sure to check out ActionVFX.com. Remember, they have your assets covered. Over 2,500 elements of professionally shot VFX stock footage captured on the latest red cam. 
cameras. From explosions, fire, water, smoke, gun effects, debris, particles, weather, blood, and gore, go to actionvfx.com. Again, go to actionvfx.com. And lastly, don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to ukremedia.com slash community. We have well over 3,000 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you who are trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Ukremedia Podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>